All right, we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. begin in, right there. Uh, Chapter 14, we're going to begin in verse 26 and go to the end of the chapter. He says, how is it then, brethren? Whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, a teaching, a tongue, a revelation. You have an interpretation. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or more each in turn, or uh, two or three at the most, each in turn, and let each one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church, and let him speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak, and let the others judge. If anything is revealed to another who sits near, let the first keep silent. You can all prophesy one by one, so that they may all learn, and they may all be encouraged. The spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Let your women keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but they are to be submissive, as the law also says. If they want to learn something, let them ask their own husbands at home, for it is shameful for a woman to speak in church. Did the word of God come from you, or was it from you only that it went to? If anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual... Let him acknowledge that the things which I write to you are the commandments of the Lord. But if anyone is ignorant, let him be ignorant. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. So what is, some of you might have sections. If you don't have sections, headings, which are not inspired, they're just people's opinions. How would you label this overall section? Orderly worship is what yours says? Good order. Okay. Yeah. The topics that we don't talk about in church. It could be another another heading for this. Things we skip over when going through Revelate or through First Corinthians. So we'll get to the controversy. We haven't had a good controversy in a while, so so we'll get there. Um, so we talk about proper order. Um, and I, I think uh, probably verse 40 best summarizes this section. Let all things be done decently and in order. Uh, and, and, and that kind of wraps up, really, this is going to wrap up this section. Um, <clears throat> as Paul does, um, typically. So, what is a good guiding principle, if you were looking through these verses, in, <clears throat> in determining... The validity of a practice in church. Well, again, something kind of overall. There's verse 40. Anything else that you see in these verses that, that makes a good principle for determining with, if we should do something or not do something? Opening prayer, a couple of psalms. What's that? Opening prayer, a couple of psalms, communion. Yeah, I, I didn't see that in here, so I, I was kind of... Uh, a, a guiding idea. Okay. Okay. So, so there's a ton of really good ideas 
we don't have their situation, do we? We don't live perfectly in what they're doing. But, but the Bible has been inspired so that we can take the principles and the ideas and we can say, okay, we don't have a textbook case. We don't have a Corinth necessarily happening today. But we can look at the ideas, and the, the Bible's written so that we as a church, or we as individuals, can look at ourselves in a perfect mirror, right, like we already talked about, and see ourselves. And, and we can apply these principles and say, this is really what we should do. We, this is not decent and in order, right? Uh, it might be differently disordered, but this is not in order. Let's make this decently in order. This is not edifying anybody this seems to be confusion more than so so we're looking at the principles and know a different situation we can still come to the same realization of what we need to do in our specific situation and that's the that's the magnificence of the bible the genius the the the, the fact that it cannot possibly be written by a man right we we write stuff and it's out of date after, by the time we've written it when, when we come up with ideas. Right? I like verse 33, because Kay said, God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. Right. It goes on and says, because I've often heard that this was only written for the Corinthians, but it, that verse 33 goes on as in all the congregation. Right, that's true. Saints. And that's what we've pointed out. This is not, these these things are not, and this is what we're going to get into, these are not things that are subject to culture because this, we're going to come to a section that is uncomfortable for us to talk about. And people say, well, that was their culture. And this is not a culture thing because he's just said, um, he's just said, listen, this is, this, is, this is the way it is in all the churches. You want to be ignorant, be ignorant, but... These are commandments from God. So we'll get to those and what those mean. We're gonna, we'll try to ease into those. How's that? Um, can there, uh, everything must edify the church. Can there be exceptions to that? Does everything have to edify the church? <laughs> Not so. Here's the idea that that I come up with. Not everything that edifies is allowable, right? Just because something does edify you doesn't mean that it's okay to do. There's, in other words, there's other principles. There would be something that would edify you that would violate other <laughs> principles in the scriptures, right? And we say, okay, this is out on this. It's wonderful that it's edified you. However. Mm-hmm. It was also rather confusing for some people over here, so we're just going to do without it. Um, so uh, anything that doesn't edify is immediately disqualified. Uh, that is just right out. So, so we take each of these and we kind of narrow down what's what we consider allowable, uh, and then and we go from there. If if something is endorsed. Um, <coughs> It should not be prohibited. That's also true. If something's endorsed, it should not be prohibited. Um, I'm talking about God. 
If God endorses something, we should not go, yeah, but in this case, we think that it's not right to do. God said it's okay. You don't have the right to overrule God. Right? I, don't, I don't get my think-sos um, in that case. Um, so I want to contrast a little bit of what Paul says with, with what we do see today, because we can look at and, and look at these ideas and, um, and see what's going on today and see that it doesn't match. Um, what Paul describes, what require, does Paul give any requirements that we do not observe, say, in the charismatic movement today? Does, does he describe anything the way he would like it in church specifically? Not just the general ideas, but the specifics. What are, what are some, some things that he says, listen, this is the way I want your order to go? I don't care if it's three songs or four songs, you know, I don't care what, you know, there's the Lord's Supper at the beginning or the end, he doesn't care about that. But he does care about a few things. One at a time. All right. That doesn't happen. I don't, I don't know if you've ever been uh, to, to something, but one speaks at a time. Period. Okay. What else? The order of the revelation who sits up. Okay. All right. You sit up, sit down. Speak up, shut up. <laughs> okay, there has to be an interpreter. We already talked about why that has to be. What else? Oh, this is another big one. And this is kind of interesting. I didn't really pay attention to this. I've read this so many times and I've never really paid attention to this detail. Church service. How many prophecies? How many prophets get to talk? Two or three at the most. We don't go around and everybody gets to do their mini-sermon. We have a section of time where we allot for prophecies or whatever. And three. See you next Sunday. <laughs> you got more? See you next Sunday. We got time for you. Or maybe the after service. You can do your little thing. We're getting to the sermon. We're getting to the other stuff. There's one, one, one guy, he's a preacher that taught me. He, he was on a rally, and uh, retreat, whatever you guys call them here. So, uh, and the the sermon, the preacher in front of them, the, and they have you know an hour allotted. You kind of can go over a little bit, and uh, and it, you try to keep order. And the guy in front of him preached for like an hour and forty minutes. It was back in the day. Well, I mean, the guy after him is like the head of a Bible college. That's really... I mean, how long do you think Donald Hunt can go for? I mean, Donald Hunt could start now and just keep going. Donald Hunt got up and preached a 10-minute sermon, sat down, put it back on track. And that guy had to be like, how small do you feel now? Like, let everything be done decently and in order. And that was, he, he told us that. Like, you got to keep things decent and in order. Schedules make a difference. And that might just be all he's saying. Listen, respect people's time. I don't know what the purpose for saying only three. We've got other things to get to in a service. There's other types of edification. You've got a, you got a preacher going to speak up and, and say things. So, so it's good. Participation is wonderful. But we have to respect each other's time. Let everything be done decently and in order. So, 
Um, now, time can vary. There was a time where they didn't care if you went an hour and a half. Okay, we've got an hour and a half. We're going to sing for another 40 minutes. Whatever the schedule is. Whatever, however you determine is decently. In, Paul determined three. We got other stuff. This is our culture. This is how we, this is how we do it. But um, uh, <clears throat> charismatic church. What does it look like today? In contrast with these things. You never, you never, never. Oh, oh yeah, we got some weird stuff down there. Uh, every couple of years, you'll hear someone die. There's a, there's a couple of them that are quite famous. Now, those are the extreme. That's the you're talking Kentucky, Tennessee kind of stuff there. So if you're from Kentucky or Tennessee, I'm not making fun of you, but I'm just saying that's where it goes on. Alabama, some of that 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 portion of the country. Oh. What's that? Been there, done that. <laughs> First of all, everyone is encouraged to participate. If you go into a catchment, everyone participates, and simultaneous, you get to do your shalabalam, and I'll do mine. Rubbish, and it's just like, is it's? No, we've had some people come in here, and you know come from that background and um, we'll open up with a prayer or something and I hear them. I can't even concentrate on what I'm praying. I have to really focus because I'm hearing shouts. Really disconcerting. It's, it's, it's hard to edify. It's, a, it's really difficult. People, I've, I've been, uh, I did a rehab, uh, um, I did a series of rehab uh, lessons in an alcohol rehab center in Ukraine. And so it, I'd get there, and they'd be in the middle of their church service right before I got there. And uh, I mean, people running up and down the aisles with flags. Wow, weird stuff. Weird stuff. Just completely random and disordered. So, uh, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You can look up any number of videos if you want to spend. Some time being entertained. Seen right in the middle of a dude's wedding, <laughs> he went off. Like just strange stuff. Um, almost no one is silent. Um, in a, much less one speaking and everybody silent. It's the exact opposite. Um, so it is certainly not what Paul described as what he wanted. What does verse? 29 describe let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge what does that mean let the others judge anybody else have a different you should weigh carefully what is said okay some say consider what does that mean I think today's world, it's a lot easier because we have a Bible base everything. Okay, sure, sure. Where back then, you were hearing new stuff. Right, every week, every every time someone got up, it was like, wow. Is that really God speaking? Okay, so that's one thing we can consider. Now, now they did have a they did have a person that was there to do that. So they could just say, okay, yes. Okay, we recognize that this guy's got that ability. 
And they had that check and balance. So, so after that, then everybody is considering. What are we talking about? I don't think we're talking about something supernatural. I think you were talking about rules and direction. Okay, that can be that. Okay. Simple application. You don't need a miraculous gift. Here, here's a person that gives a prophetic utterance. Okay, you guys want to participate. Now let's just sit and consider the prophetic message. Let, let, let's get some meat out of it for what I'm going to go home and do. What, what does this affect me? It's, it's all exciting that we had this prophetic utterance. That's not the point of it. The point of it is to improve my life. In other words, what Paul was really emphasizing was the practical application to a Christian life, not the miraculous nature of how it came. That's just a miraculous nature. The importance was what the message did, the edification. Let all things be done for edification. So that's throughout, throughout here. Any other thoughts on that portion before we get to the fun stuff? All right, I get my bulletproof uh, stuff on here. Women's participation. All right. Well, where does he specifically state that women's participation should be limited? And we've got to say it exactly correct because this is important. No, I'm, 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 just, I'm just saying, he says, where? In what? In the churches. Oh, in the... Which means I may not be supposed to be speaking right now. Oh. <laughs> I'm not interrupting you so, so you can yeah, see I what I think about this, right? So, so we, this means something. It's not, I, I've just said, this is not culture, so... We don't get to say, well, that was then and this is now. Whatever Paul is getting at applies just as much right now today in Waukesha as it did then. So we just need, we need to get to what he's saying. And, and, and I think it should be easy to do that. But in the churches is interesting. He doesn't say in the church, does he? He says in the churches. Why, Why is that important? In the churches, as opposed to in the church. What's that? Okay, so so one, it's a universal application, but we're looking at a definition. Church has a lot of meanings. What's the word church literally mean? An assembly. We often like one definition when we're talking about the Bible, we, we, and we focus one on one definition that is not the primary definition. The primary definition is a called-out assembly. Before the church ever existed, as we know it, the religious thing, it referred to a civil town meeting where they were literally called out. Ecclesia. Ek is out. Ecclesia is to call. And they were literally called out of town to a big theater. For whatever. They were going to take a vote. They were going to do a whatever. They had a town meeting. They were called out to go to the, the forum, whatever it was, and assemble. That was what called out meant. It's not a religious word. 
We have applied one definition to that, which the Bible has that definition, but it's a secondary definition, to refer to the church in general, wherever. And Paul uses it that way. But that is a secondary definition. The primary definition is an assembly. So you can literally be in church, and then you can be out of church, according to the primary definition. You're in an assembly, we dismiss, you're no longer in the assembly. You're still in the church as a body of believers, secondary definition. But he's like, in all of the assemblies, this is how order goes. So, that's the first thing. Otherwise, if he was using the secondary definition, a woman could never talk, ever. Because she's always in the church. So he's not obviously using that definition, right? Well, that's obvious. So, um, so the plural is important as it, it helps us understand the definition. Now, before we talk about where and when and how, we get to submission. All right? So let's talk about submission. He says, not this, but that kind of a... It, she, she can't do this because she's supposed to submit. And so he says, so again, we haven't just defined where and when this he's referring to. We're going to get to that. We're just setting up some foundational things. But he said, so we're, I mean, we're in 1 Corinthians 14. Okay. Thank you. And so he says, she can't talk, period, and whatever he's talking about, in any of the churches, anywhere, anytime, place, because she's supposed to be in submission. Now, can she talk if she does so in submission? What's that? I said at least to her husband the way I read it. Okay. But verse 35 says if they want to, they being women, uh-huh. if they want to inquire about something, they should ask their own husbands. Okay, that, that's going to be a really important verse in figuring out what exactly he's talking about. So, the short answer is no. The way this sentence is structured... Whatever he says to do or not do, whatever he prohibits, in this case, the, the talking in the assembly, directly, by its own nature, violates submission. In other words, you can't do it submissively. Right? You, 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 you can't do this submissively because, listen, I want them to... To not do this because they, I want them to be submissive, right? So, so we give orders like that to our kids. Don't do this because I want this. And we set up things and we try to set up things. The nature of the prohibition is going to violate what it is I'm trying to prevent. So, um, so he sets up that restriction. The reason that's important is because there is a movement today... A lot of our Bibles are now being prevented or being translated to, to prevent this type of interpretation and trying to squeeze in the modern feminist movement into the Bible. 
Um, that's why I won't read the NIV anymore. 1984, good. Anything since that? Anything Zondervan just about since 1995. It should be printed little two-ply on a circular roll, quite frankly. Um, the... Uh, The nature of what he wants. We can't take it as we say strictly literal. It's 100% accurate. A woman, can a woman, must she be silent once she walks through the doors? That's the assembly. Must she be silent once she walks through the doors? Is that literally true? Mm-hmm. Her voice is not. Okay, so, so we, we're, without getting, you're you're right. We don't, I don't want to use my, I don't want to rely on my logic, but but it is it's kind of necessary. Some he doesn't spell everything out. A woman would not be permitted to sing. Once the a woman would not be permitted to teach the children downstairs. A woman wouldn't be permitted to. Encourage another woman, even, in the foyer. So it's not, it can't, it's, whatever he's trying to prevent is absolutely true, but it might not be literally true. I don't, I'm not trying to diminish this and get fuzzy around the corners, but, but we, we have to understand some things logically can't possibly be true. I know it's a human interpretation. Okay, and we're gonna we're gonna get to why because there's a, a necessary feature of their church service that prevents a woman from participating without the disorder, and that's what we're gonna come to. Now, um, so it is absolutely true. We just have to figure out how it's absolutely true. A woman was not prohibited from being vocal in church, and I don't want to simply use my logic. I want to read the scripture that says so. The very beginning of this text says what? When you come together, that's the word ekklesia, when you assemble, what? Huh? Everyone. Everyone, each of you, that's women, has what? A hymn? Oh, that's vocal. What else? Ooh. That's the word doctrine. It's teaching. What else? <coughs> Revelation. Prophecy. Hmm. Okay, tongue and an interpretation. So they had a part of being technically gathered that was not considered a part of the assembly where this was prohibited, in other words. There was, in other words, a, an informal part, much like our class, which is why I didn't stop and say, you can't talk here. Right. 
they had a, a recognized informal setting in which, okay, there's a prophecy going on. Uh, someone can do this, this, whatever, do this. Now it's time for, it, it, not that this is the magic time. I don't believe in the hour of power and all the five acts of worship. I think that's a bunch of nonsense. Right? That's not in the Bible. But there is a period where God says, where Paul says, this is informal. And women talking doesn't violate this. Now, man stands up. Yes. Okay, so so what in the case of a widow, what what would she do then? Or I mean, this, these what ifs come up a lot of times. Like, she's a widow; she has no husband at home; uh, she's not married. <laughs> what what then? Right. Sure. Sure. Exactly. Correct. Correct. Right. So so let's so let's look at the formal assembly. Now, you just asked. You just asked your husband a question, so I guess you're okay. Uh, we could move to the formal part of the assembly. Now, if you want to learn something, in other words, if, if you, you're like, what is this? this is not necessarily implying that she's, you know, got some rude manner. It doesn't, that has nothing to do with it. I think sometimes we read that and assume that. But I'm preaching a sermon. If you want to figure out, like, like, every once in a while, I'll be preaching and I'll see, like, like one of them. Oh, I, I'm, I'm not <laughs> clearly explaining myself, right? And uh, so frequently someone will come up to me afterwards and say, what did you mean? All right. Okay, so here you go. Imagine if someone did that, like, question. <laughs> like, that would be really awkward, wouldn't it? I've seen that happen. I've had that happen to me. One of the first times I ever taught class. First times. I won't even tell you what it's about because it's still embarrassing a long time later. I was, like, still, I was my first year in college, and I was, they, why don't you teach the Wednesday night class? We were in First Corinthians, actually, as it turns out. I'll give you a sneak peek. Uh, it was in 1 Corinthians 7. Just imagine something really embarrassing that I didn't read the context and was saying things off the top of the cuff of my head from, and someone, it was a guy, guy, spoke up and said, Andrew, I think this is talking about this. Where do you go now? <laughs> really embarrassing. That was the guy doing it. Can you imagine how awkward it would have been if, if a, and I, it does not it just it would break a lot of protocols. If a if a if a woman had interrupted the church service, for a woman in this setting to learn something, she would have to necessarily interrupt the preacher. In other words, you can't do that in a submissive way. <laughs> you can't do that by necessity. Her learning what she's not getting in the sermon, she would have to be unsubmissive. So just, just wait. 
And imagine if she did that right next to her husband, who's just sitting there not doing anything, just letting her roll. Like, what does that look like for him now? It, 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 looks, it, looks, it, it looks worse for him than it would be in the case of like a widow or a single woman doing that because he's just letting it go. Like, he does not look like he's got... She's, she's not even like, I don't understand this. You know, she's not even doing that. That's, that you know, I've seen stuff like that where it's still kind of awkward. Like, afterwards. <laughs> It's it's let everything right. Correct. Correct. I have now. I have been in uh, literally, as I just gave you, situations where it had to be handled. There, I was in a camp, two hundred and fifty, the biggest year of camp we ever had, and a bunch of kids were getting rowdy, and someone. Had, I mean, we were singing songs and stuff like that, and someone had to stand up and say, hold it. Awkward. <laughs> and, uh, and there was a confrontation between a couple of preachers, actually, right there on the stage. Uh, that's embarrassing. That was, it was awkward, but it had to be done. <laughs> it had to be done. It's awkward enough then. I can't imagine what would have happened if, uh, if somebody's wife got up there and interrupted the preacher and said, this has got to stop right now. Like, whoa. It just it presents a natural insubordination. But yet, on the other hand, a man should not interrupt either, right? Like if he he doesn't prevent that. It, 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 it's okay. Um, it, again, even there, and that's why I say, if it's if it's something that has to be dealt with, like like Paul Paul had a situation like this, right? So the Bible doesn't prohibit it. But it's like the Bible talks about uh, when the Judaizers came in. Paul said, "We didn't even give them. We didn't even give them an hour to talk. We, we just shut them up right straight there." It's all about the <laughs> order and also the respect that's what you're right. For. Right. You you've got a way. You've got a way. Right. What's being done? Is it decently in order? And what's going to be taken away? If if I'm up there, if I'm up there. You know, saying stuff that's absolutely not true. You know, you get guys got to come up, and he's got to step in. Right? If it has to be done, I mean, and he's going to wait. Is that something I can come up to after? I've had times where Mike Black or or a guy called me up afterwards, like a Wade, called me up. Saying, I didn't really understand what you said. Got a call this week. You know, I've had those. But if it was like there's doctrinal issues at stake, I, <laughs> guy would you guys know guy better than I do. Guy would be up there. <laughs> All right, Andrew, <laughs> bring it down. I've been in church with that yeah. situation. Yes, yeah. It, it's it's the awkward, service. but don't you feel a relief at the same time? It's like I I, I was in a church where it I was same camp different year it should have happened and no one did it was awful i had i kept the tape because it was like uh, it was a guy who was i think in the early stages of dementia and just no filter and it's not just the responsibility and, of the elders to do that. yeah 
No, no. If if the eldership was derelict, if the eldership was derelict in doing it, somebody mature should like uh, is not proper in an order. But I think the Bible reserves that for men, just for the sake of propriety. Um, so and submission. Okay, we we got through that. We, are we okay? Come out the other side unscathed here. And not so bad. One thing I think yeah. we have to realize too is that the women were given the extra special powers of the Holy Spirit yes, they as were. well as the men. Yes, they were. And, and that's important. And on Acts chapter 2, they spoke publicly. Joel 2 prophesied, and, and, and he said, This day, this is, this, is what, this is what this was talking about. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your men, your old ladies, are going to see visions and dream dreams. I mean, it was it was it wasn't to one gender that was allowed to participate at certain parts of time. But when it came time for the general assembly, if you want to look at it that way, on Acts two, Peter stood up and preached. Right, and and, and so it was no more pandemonium, whatever it looked like. And so, so the, it's, again, even from the very beginning, there's this sense of order and propriety. So let's talk then um, about worship. I want to close out with something not controversial, but I'm not sure we'll do that. We might get in a little bit here. Should we do things like the early church did them? Oh, that's a leading question. Okay, there's certain things that, that we would do. Uh, we don't we don't greet each other with a holy kiss, right? Some people, mm-hmm. okay. Well, you can't do it because some of the gifts don't. Oh, okay, so so I, I can't do the gifts part. That's impossible. Some things would be cultural. We just don't do because we're not, you know, they were a very close, affectionate thing, and you know, Cam might not have a problem because he's European, right? <laughs> and he's kind of a hugger. You asked him. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. We're, we're, most of the people here kind of maybe German, a little bit Northern European, not so, no, not so touchy-feely. A little Mediterranean down there in that area, more so. Right? This, this cultural things. So, so if we were in Italy, no problem. You know, it's funny you say that because I, when I was in, um, in Dubai, and, uh, and also some of the stuff I've learned about genetics, it, it, you know, Shocked me to find out to see how, how uh, and also some of the you know the Muslim people that I've met in my life uh, that are basically from Jordan and Palestine sure. and some of these other folks how close culturally they are to Italians right? it freaks me out right? yeah. their moms and the, you know their their families mm-hmm. it's like the, the family structure and the way that they treat each other is very very similar sure yeah so. So back to the question, should we do things like the early church did them? Well, I think we strive to do that, don't we? Don't we? I mean, that's kind of, you know, if we talk about the restoration movement, that's kind of one of those things um, that we tend to model. But are we required to look exactly like them? And do exactly like them? Right, but we don't do that. We don't wash feet. It's a good thing. But but they had they had a they had a 
the synagogue had a structure where you could come in and, and be like, okay, I'm here, I have a teaching. And, and so that kind of got incorporated into the church, the early church, you know, when they were in the very, very early church, when they were in Jerusalem still and things like that. That was definitely incorporated. And then as the, the church in the mid-early part, like even here, incorpor- is it still incorporating Jewish even as it becomes a Gentile church, it's still got kind of a Jewish root to it. So it's still incorporating some of those, so those things um, into the, the structure. It's not necessary, it, it would, but it wouldn't be wrong. I was in a Filipino church. At the end of church, they have a thing. They literally go around. And, I mean, in a, in a church of like 60 people, this takes some time. Uh, how was your week? La, 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 la. How was your week? And they go around, 60 people talking about their week. Uh-huh. Can <laughs> you imagine trying that here? That's their culture. They don't care if they eat till two in the afternoon. We had to catch a flight over to Belarus <laughs> for a mission trip, so we took off a little early. But uh, so, but that was interesting. It was a neat experience. We're not going to do it here. It's not our culture. That would look probably a lot closer to what. They did when they got together. One of you has a tongue. Hey, I have, a, I have something to share. This is a great week. I have a thought. I, 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 was, I have a song. I'd like to sing a song. So they had that. Um, but should we prohibit it? That's the question. Well, again, if it's edifying the church. Right. If it's constructive. No, that, that's a good word. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then you're, you're in the, and it, and it coincides with scripture, you know, then you're fine. Because otherwise every church would be exactly the same and you'd have to follow right. the five rules of worship uh, no matter right. where you were. Right, sure. So basically every instance that you're talking about and what you're talking about, it has to come to that conclusion if, those, if that's what it's doing. Because that's sure. what it keeps going back to. Is this organized? Is this right. fine? So what was, so let's go back to what church structure was and what was endorsed when they came together. <coughs> what was endorsed by God and by Paul when they first assembled? Verse 26, God lays it out. Everyone mm-hmm. has a hymn or a word of instruction, revelation. Okay. Individual participation. In some part of the service was allowed by God. And we don't have a right to prohibit it. No, it doesn't mean you have to do it. But as I've, I've noticed in churches, this is completely lacking. It's completely lacking. As an element, as a, as a function, we talk about people participating and using their talents and, and various things like that. And we wonder, well, I know, I know as, as, as elders and, 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 and evangelists and various men, we, we, we want to get people involved and using their talents. And we, we're like, how are we going to do that? Okay, we can get someone involved passing the trays. Okay, that's not really a talent. I mean, you could, if you have the ability to walk and hold something, that's pretty much all the talent that's involved there. You know? I suppose if you, you know, we, we, we'd like, we've gotten people over the years involved in giving Lord's Lord Supper thoughts and various things like that, but that kind of, as we've talked about, that kind of leaves out 
women. But the Bible discusses something that uses people's talents in which any and all can participate in the service. And we got some wonderful voices in here. To hear a duet is allowed by God. For, for someone to get up and, and read a poem they've written on a spiritual topic is allowed by God. Verse 26 is in the Bible. And no one gets to take it out. It's there. It has to be done decently in order, like, like, like we've talked about. I've seen it get a little... And I think that's one of the reasons a lot of churches don't do it, because we're worried that it'll get out of order. But that's where you correct it. Right? The same logic, the same logic, I'm going to finish with this, the same logic that says we don't do it because we're afraid of what it might become is the same logic that churches don't participate in communion weekly. It's the same exact logic. We're afraid of what it might become, so we're just not going to do it. I have no more right to prohibit individual participation than I have a right to say, we're going to do quarterly communion. It's not mine to do with. God's to do with. And through Paul, he laid out what he allows and what he doesn't allow. Just let everything be done decently in order. We're going to conclude there. A little over time. Sorry about that.